0: Welcome to the Underground Podcast, a weekly teaching from the 20th service at Second Baptist Church in Houston, Texas. Stay tuned for ways to connect with our ministry following the message. Alright, so, did you know that the average person will make 35,000 decisions a day? That's pretty good, huh? 35,000 decisions. Of course, that's an average number. It could be more for some, less for others. But the reality is we make a ton of decisions on a daily basis. Some of them are easy. Some of them are, am I gonna go work out or not? Maybe the or not for most of you. Am I going to study for this test or am I gonna fail? I mean, am I not? Am I going to drink coffee this morning or tea don't know why i do that. Am I going to eat a bagel for breakfast or a donut? Am I going to watch the whole game of the Astros or am I just going to watch the end because I like Underground better? That's a win. There's a lot of little decisions we make and the truth is these decisions don't necessarily have a major life-altering impact. But there are some that radically change the trajectory of our life. What degree am I going to pursue if you're still in school? What career am I going to pursue with this degree that I've just gotten if you've graduated recently? Or maybe you've graduated and you've been working and now you're going, okay, maybe I need to switch careers. These are big decisions. Then we get into some of the difficulties of life. Sometimes I feel like I can't go forward. Sometimes it feels like I can do nothing more of value, and so we might consider taking our life. I find out we got pregnant. Didn't want anyone to know. Should I get an abortion? Then we start thinking about getting married. I want to be married. I think. Can I be married? I don't know. And then is it this person, or is it that person, or hopefully it's that person? And we got all these decisions Some of them are daily things that don't always impact our life radically, but others have the impact on our life that could change everything. In fact, one little note just for fun is sometimes our little decisions have a bigger impact than we realize. I think about oftentimes while I'm driving, I hit this moment that you may be familiar with where the light is orange. Have you ever had this moment? You get it? Not because I'm an Astros fan, because it's not red, it's not yellow, it's orange. Okay, we'll try again later, it's okay. (laughs) That was good, right? It just was too good. Sometimes it's too good. Now the point is, sometimes when the light's orange, and I know that I should stop, but I think, man, if I just, a little bit faster, I can make it through, and I can make it faster to the next red light, by the way, it's what happens. But the truth is, if I cut that red light, I might save a little time, but also if I cut that red light, I could possibly take a life. And so sometimes even the smallest decisions actually have a ripple effect that could be deadly. So when we think about decisions, we begin to realize, man, this is an important topic. And for a lot of us, we encounter decisions in life that we truly have absolutely no idea what I am supposed to do. And so what we want to do over the next few weeks is just to try to walk very slowly, very carefully through some basic principles or some keys to success and making wise and godly decisions. Now, for some of you, you're going to go, man, this is going to be great for me right this second because I am wrestling with the decision that could change everything. Others of you, this is going to be a note time to hang on to because you can be sure a major decision is right around the corner. Now, before we jump in, I want to give you a few thoughts, just to kind of begin with. Here's the first one. Indecisiveness can lead to complacency. Indecisiveness can lead to complacency. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, watch this. So let's say that you're in a season where you've got a bunch of little decisions and you just really don't feel like dealing with them or because you're not sure what to do, you're going to just kind of push them to the side. And we do that with a few small things and then we do it with a few more things and then a few more things and the next thing you know, your life is full of a bunch of things that you should have made a decision on, but because you waited, you got complacent and there's a lot of gaps going on in your life. And so we wanna be careful because indecisiveness can lead to complacency. The other thing is how you deal with little decisions prepares you for the life altering ones. How you deal with little decisions prepares you. In fact, it trains you for the life-altering ones. Now, what do we mean by this? Well, for a lot of us, these little decisions that we don't think much about in God's economy, they are training ground for you to prepare you for the decisions coming down the road. A little decision like, hmm, am I going to decide to make church a priority in my life or not? could be the preparation process for decision-making down the road. For instance, if you decided not to come, you might have missed some important tips on how to make wise decisions, but because you made the decision not to attend tonight, you missed out on what God could use to help develop you and possibly push you further in life. And so what I want to encourage you is even in the small decisions, we have an opportunity to train ourselves for the big ones. That's what we're going to look at tonight. John Maxwell said, and I think this is great, life is a matter of choices and every choice you make, makes you. That's pretty good, right? You might want to take a picture of that. (laughs) Life is a matter of choices and every choice you make, makes you. So 10 keys to decision-making. That's what we're going to look at over the course of the next few weeks. And again, as I said, I want to go slow. We're going to repeat some things. Because this is an important topic that we don't talk about enough. I also want to encourage you to hang on to that little paper that you have. Maybe stick it in your Bible or your wallet or your purse uh, and, and refer to that as we're going through the series. Pull that out every once in a while and remind yourself of that decision and see if you can apply these keys to decision making as you're navigating that massive decision in your life. Now, here's the last thing I want to say before we can really dive in it's a disclaimer. Here's the disclaimer. If you have not started a relationship with Jesus Christ, you are missing the key ingredient to decision-making. I can't say that enough. If you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you're missing the key ingredient to making wise decisions. If God created you, which he did, if God made a way for you and I to be saved through Jesus Christ, to be redeemed and our sin to be forgiven, which he did, and if God has a purpose for you, meaning he didn't just drop you on the earth as an accident, but in fact, he dropped you here to be a part of his big story and to help his story move forward. If he did all of those things, then we must remember that our decision-making is rooted in God, because he created us, and he created our purpose. Do you believe that? There's an important passage that we could read probably every week, Ephesians 2.10. I believe we referenced it just recently. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Some of you need to wake up in the morning and just read that verse. That's my story. God created me. I am his workmanship. He has something that he wants to do with me. But here's the thing. For those of you that have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have started a relationship with Jesus, I wanna remind you of something that's very important. When you received Christ, you were calling on him to come and to give you access to salvation, to freedom, to eternity. And he opened those doors wide open and he extended that hand to you. But what we forget about is that same commitment was supposed to be made to him. That as he gave us access to all that he is and all that he has for your life, he asked that you and I give us, give him access into ours. And so when we talk about decision making, being rooted in God, it's of that very picture. That that's the God that saved you, redeemed you, pulled you out of your sin, helped you to walk with your head held high, to look ahead at a future, whether it's on this earth or the next, and say, I am going somewhere. God has something for me. This is incredible. Lord, whatever you wish, you can do. If you study the book of Romans, you see this unfold. The first 11 chapters is all about Christ and the cross and what it means what, how it affects you, how it changes you, how it has redeemed you. And then from chapter 12 on, it's all about how do we live in light of what Christ did for us on the cross. Our response to the gospel. Listen, your decision making is rooted in this same truth. This is so important. This is the ground level, bottom part. He gave you access and you gave him access to your life. What that means is there should never be a decision you make that is not rooted in God in some way, shape, or form. And they go, well, that may be a little silly. If I was deciding for breakfast, do I want to eat the donut? Be careful here. Do I want to eat the donut or do I want to eat the granola bar? Roll with me. Rooted in God, you would say, okay. The Lord would ask me to take care of the body that he's given me. Don't feel guilty. Just deal with yourself there. Uh, But the Lord's asked me to take care of this temple, my body, that he dwells in. Maybe the better thing for me would not be the donut, but the granola bar. That doesn't mean you can never have a donut. You get what I'm saying, but I want you to see the picture. Even in the smallest decisions, God would say, I want you to root them in me. So maybe for you, you were thinking, hey, I need to get to church, so I'm going to run this orange light because it's going to get me there quicker and it's going to be okay. But the reality is because that decision wasn't rooted in God, you could very well set yourself up for a life of misery because you accidentally clipped someone when you cut that light and you took their life. And so God says, I want every decision to be rooted in me. And here's the thing if you will do this, I will help you make wise decisions. How many of you have ever made a decision you look back and you go, that was dumb? Okay, if you don't raise your hand, that was the one. No, I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> the reality is, we've all done that. We have all said, oh, this is going to be awesome. I cannot wait to see what happens. What in the world? Why didn't my friends tell me to stop? They told me to jump. I should have stayed. God says, I love you. I want to guide you. I want to lead you. So with that being said, here we go. I'm going to give you just two keys, and I will look at two each week as we unfold. Here's the first one, and I've already started this one. Determine to be led by God and nothing else. Now I spent a little time talking about why we need to be led by God. Now I want to show you for a minute what it looks like when we're led by other things. I can't cover everything, but I want to highlight a few that are really important. This seems like a basic thing, by the way. This should be obvious, of course. We wanna follow God, we wanna do what God says. This is great, easy, but yet you and I, you and I, myself, we make tons of decisions without ever considering God. Now the big ones, oh, pull the self-help Bible off the book, right? Lord, help me make a big decision. I wanna marry this woman. Hopefully it's the one sitting next to me. That'd be awkward if it is for you right now, okay? But our Lord, please make this come to light. But all these other little things, we just let them fly by. So this is a, this is a deal, So here's the first one. Don't let desire be your guide. In decision-making, don't let desire be your guide. So what does that mean? Well, let's think about it for a minute. Maybe you have a desire to make more money. That's not necessarily a bad desire, hear me clearly. Money's good, you need money to live. But maybe because that desire to make money is so strong, you might sacrifice in other areas. Maybe one of those areas might be, hey, I'm not going to be a part of church right now because I got to do this job or I got this promotion. I need to fulfill this. And so I'm going to put church on hold. What I say by that is I'm going to put my community with the people of God on hold so that I can pursue the career. Or maybe you say, hey, I want to make more money and I could make a little bit more money if I just cut this corner. It's not a big corner. No one's ever going to know. They're not going to know that I punched out early, or had someone punch in for me or, or whatever. Or I cheated on my resume just a little bit so I could get that better job. But those little things, those little cuts, those little corners to pursue that desire help us make a decision that wasn't wise because our pursuit was not of something that was holy. So hear me clearly, making money is not a bad thing, but what we do to get there could be bad. So decision-making wrapped up in desire. Oh, maybe you're hanging out in the back seat of your car, and you're looking at your girlfriend. It's already too late, by the way. Uh, you're looking at your girlfriend like, I don't want to sleep with you, but I want to sleep with you. And you begin to sit there for a minute. You begin to feel a bunch of things in your mind, and your desire start messing with you, and you go, this feels so good. Didn't? I think I remember that guy, Chad, saying this was good. That God gave us these desires to draw people together, to bring people closer. I want to experience oneness with you. What's your name again? Tiffany. I want to experience oneness with you. And you make a decision, right? Hopefully you knew your girlfriend's name, but everything else hopefully is not true. <laughs> What's the point? When our desires are driving us, we find ourselves making decisions That causes us problems. Here's the second one. Don't let our circumstances be our guide. Our circumstances be our guide. So let me give you a real life example with my life. Uh, Before I came on staff here at the church... I was serving, I was volunteering, I was teaching in our Bible study classes just like our Sunday morning classes that we have. And man, I felt the Lord give me the call to come to ministry. I wanted to come to ministry. I was ready, wanted to be a pastor and I was just waiting for the door to open and I was anxious as you could imagine if you had found your calling and it was right there on the cusp and you had a broken down truck and you were broke and you hated your job and you were driving a long way from Cyprus. See, I'm still getting over it. All right, you had all these things that were wrong and you said, I just wanna serve you, Lord. Open the door so I can come and serve preferably at this place where I've already been serving this would be great and guess what the door opened but it wasn't here I got opportunity to go out into the Richmond area and to work at a church and be a youth director and I gotta tell you I, I was in didn't even need to pray about it didn't even need to think about it I was waiting for this door because of my circumstances and it looked good and I'll tell you what I had a good friend a good friend who was offering me the job who didn't have to do this, but he said, I want you to go home. I need you to take time and pray about it because I want to make sure you make the right decision for you and for us. And you know what happened when I got home and I prayed about it? The more I prayed about it, the more it looked like a no, which made no sense. I was broke. My truck was broke. It would literally, whatever it wanted to do, some days it would start, some days it wouldn't, and it wasn't the battery. I was driving long distances. I hated my job. Sorry if they're listening. Hated my job. But the more I prayed about it and the more I waited and the more I thought about it, God kept saying no. I did eventually turn it down. See, the thing is, our circumstances, we have to be careful that they're not driving our decisions. Anybody that offers you a job that makes more money is going to sound good because we all would like to make a little bit more money. That's not a greed thing. But sometimes the circumstances can lead us astray. Here's the third one. We can't let our emotions be our guide our emotions are unreliable because they change every minute, it feels like, right? You you could have emotions of anger, bitterness, intimidation, fear, I mean, the list goes on and all these negative emotions that if you were to make a decision, that decision may actually be a right decision, but in that moment, it's not the right decision because it's an emotional decision and you cannot trust your emotions. There have to be something more. It could even be good, by the way, I could be driving down the street and see a homeless man and feel like, you know what, I want to help him. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to let him move into my house. I don't know anything about him, never met in my life, but I'm going to, I, I want to help him. I'm going to do something for the kingdom of God and I move him in my house and he robs me blind. Not that he would, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Why? Because emotionally I wanted to do something and it was a good thing, right? Help a man in need. But because I didn't link that emotion with wisdom, found myself in trouble. That was hypothetical, of course, but you can see how this works. So here's the thing. A lot of times our emotions will inspire a movement in a right direction, but they cannot be the final decision that we make. Does that make sense? Sometimes it takes a little emotion to get us thinking about, hey, I might need a new job. I might need to make a change here, but I need to root that in a foundation of truth, something that makes sense. So we want to be careful our emotions are not the guide. Here's the last one in this little category. We can't let pressure be our guide either. Pressure. Here's something to think about. The devil drives, the Holy Spirit softly guides. The devil drives, the Holy Spirit softly guides. In my life, I will not speak for you. In my life, I I really, I spent time thinking about this before I said this to you. I could not think of one time that I felt like God was leading me to make a decision that there was this insane pressure to get out or to quit or to do it right now. I, never, I just don't remember a decision like that. Every time I felt the Lord move, it was always this gentle guiding, this calming piece of, yes, this is the right move. Yes, it's time to release. But when I look back, I see the enemy constantly, oh, you need to do this right now. Oh, yeah, you need to go, 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 go. This is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. Do this now, do this now, do this now. And every time there was pressure, I saw the decision that didn't seem like it was right. We can't let pressure be our guide. So, we determine now we want to be led by God and nothing else. That's great. So, how do we do that? Well, Here's the second thing we'll look at tonight. We have to learn to recognize God's voice. We have to learn to recognize God's voice. Now, I could tell you, listen, before you leave tonight, if you need to make a decision, don't make a decision until God speaks, and you're going to leave pretty frustrated. What in the world does that mean? Is God going to audibly speak to me? Am I going to just know in fact, I don't know, so God must not be speaking to me, so I must be doing something wrong. This whole thing's a disaster. You're a liar. I'm going to go do whatever I want. Now, I amped that up a little bit. Hopefully you're not thinking that. But the reality is this, this, this tip right here, this point, frustrates a lot of people because hearing from God can be a challenging thing. Now, I want to lay some parameters for you that I think will help. Here's the first thing. Here's the very first thing. We need to understand. A lot of us will ask, why can't it just be easy? Why can't my decision, whatever that is, just be easy? Why can't there just be a bing, 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 flashing light, turn this way, go this way, don't look back, no fear, make the decision. Why does it feel like in life that's not the case? I want to give you a thought. I'm not making a statement. I want to give you a thought. God doesn't make us do anything. He gives you and I free will. which I say this all the time. I think it's a beautiful thing and it's a curse at the same time. He so says, sure, would be nice if we just always did the right thing and we didn't have to make decisions for ourselves. That'd be awesome, right? There's the girl, she's the one. There's the job, it's the one. There's the money. I mean, all these things would be awesome, but it doesn't work that way. But because God doesn't make you or make me do something, his desire is that you and I would draw toward him and that we would discover him. And as we are discovering him, he is unveiling himself to you. And as he's unveiling himself to you, he's unveiling these very decisions that he's called you to make, these places that he's called you to go. And so the the bottom line here is this. Why is it not easy? I believe because God doesn't want to just tell you what to do. He wants to see you Come and discover. And if you want to do whatever you want to do, guess what? You can do whatever you want to do. Here's the thing. What's waiting on the other side might not be so great. It might not be so great. So, how does God speak to us? That's the first thing that comes up in this category. How does God speak to us? Well, God speaks through the Holy Spirit. God speaks through the Word of God. God speaks through events in your life, circumstances in your life that have taken place. Draw your attention. Get your attention. God also speaks audibly. Now here's the caveat with this. I'm going to tell you, I will never deny that God can speak audibly. I don't feel like I have permission or freedom to say that. But I will be honest with you, I've never had God speak audibly to me. That's as far as I can go with that. I will never doubt the power of God. And when I read the Bible, I see God speaking all the time. So I believe that he still can do that if he so chooses. But I also believe we have now the word of God, which is one of the best ways that God speaks to us. So him audibly speaking is not as necessary as it was back in the Old Testament when things were developing. So can God speak to you? You betcha. If God speaks to you, wonderful. You should probably take some time to process that and then run it by a few people that you trust that are spiritually sound that can help you navigate that moment. That would be my advice. But God speaks to us in a multitude of ways. Now here's what I want to focus in on though. I want to focus on the Holy Spirit. So I think this is massively important and most people in the church world, a good chunk of people in the church don't understand this. When you became a Christian, when you invited Jesus Christ into your heart, or if you haven't, one day when you do, and I pray you will, maybe even tonight, When you invite Jesus Christ in your heart, what you are doing is opening the door. So I would say he stands at the door and I opening the door. And in that moment, when you became a Christian, the Holy Spirit of God now dwells inside of you. You have almighty God, his Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you. This is a marvelous thought. This was not normal. This was not Old Testament days. This was after Jesus had died, risen again, and right before he ascended into heaven, he said this was going to happen, and it did not too long after. And so from that day forward, you and I have been experiencing this wonderful thing. When you became a Christian, God now dwells inside of you. Why is that important? Because now you have God Almighty navigating your decision making. This is an unbelievable thing. You don't have to come to church to get wisdom from God, though there's a great place to encounter him and to learn about him, we're not knocking that, but you have God living inside of you and he wants to communicate with you. He wants to help you make wise decisions. That's why he's there. He does some other things teach us, lead us, protect us, but he wants to help you in your decision making. And so, for, for what we do, is so many of us start looking around at all the other people and all the other things and calling mom and calling home and calling Oprah, whatever it is. And you're trying to find the answers and you're missing the point that God Almighty dwells in you and he wants to be the one to help you navigate those decisions. This is powerful. Now, let me show you a little bit of this in Scripture John 14, 17. We're going to turn to another one in a second. So don't turn there. Just look on the screen. It says this, he, the Holy Spirit, who leads into all truth, the world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Now, that last part, remember, this was written before the moment we're referring to. Now, as a believer, the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. Now, what does it say? The world's not going to recognize him. Matter of fact, the world, the people that are not believers in Jesus Christ see the Bible as just a bunch of stories or maybe some poetry, and every once in a while, a good word they could put on a coffee mug. The believer understands that this book is God's guidebook for our life. This is how he communicates with us. This is how he is molding and shaping us is through his speaking of the word of God, So God says, the, the world's not gonna understand the Holy Spirit, but you will, because he dwells inside of you. And then John 10, 27, just a few chapters before, says this. This is Jesus speaking. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Follow me. Now let's camp out here for a minute. This is a beautiful picture. Anybody in here a shepherd? No, it's okay. Like Don't be embarrassed. It's okay. No, okay. I, I, one day I'm gonna ask that question. It's gonna work, and I'm not gonna know what to do after that. But it's okay. All right. I want to show you this. this. This is awesome. So shepherd is a beautiful picture of Jesus. And this is what he's saying. I, if, if you are my sheep, he says, my sheep, listen to my voice. What he's referring to is I'm the shepherd and people are the sheep. Okay, let's look at this for a minute. Three things about a shepherd. This is just for fun, but this is going to help you understand who God is in this whole process. Shepherds are always present. Shepherds protect and shepherds guide. Okay, let's go back to the first one. Shepherds are always present. If Jesus is the shepherd, if God is the shepherd, what that is saying to you and I is that God is always present. He's not going to abandon you no matter what you do. He's not gonna abandon you no matter how far you feel like you've drifted. It's never him, it's always you. He is always there. And in every decision, God is saying, I am present. I am walking with you. The shepherd always has to be present because the sheep are never safe alone, which leads to the next one shepherds protect sheep have really no way to defend themselves they are worthless and i'm just kidding worthless is a strong word they are incapable of protecting themselves so a shepherd is necessary you remember the story of david and goliath right david was able to take out goliath don't get me wrong with the power of god and the story of god but the reality is his training came from being a shepherd He had to protect those sheep from lions, bears, tigers, oh my, whatever it took. That's his job. He was constantly protecting the sheep. And you and I need to hear that that's how Jesus and God operates in our life. God is always, always protecting you. And part of how he protects you, listen to me, is by helping you make wise decisions. Some of the danger most of us have been in is because of our stupid decisions. And God is never going to call you stupid. That's my job. But he looks at you and he says, listen, I never left you. I've been walking with you the whole time. And I have wanted to protect you. But you didn't listen. I have made a way and I'm still making a way. This book, people look at the Bible and they're like, it's just a bunch of things I can't do. That's why I don't want to be a part of this faith, religion, God thing. I don't want a bunch of rules I have to follow. God, God says, I don't. I'm not making a bunch of things you can't do. I am protecting you from yourself. All these things are for you and me. There are guidance. There are protection. Don't kill. Hello. Good idea. Kind of smart. Don't commit adultery. Kind of a good thing, right? I mean, our culture might convince you otherwise. It's a good thing. Hey, don't go out on your own. Trust me. Well... Who are you that I would trust you? God, I'm the creator of the universe that made you and made a purpose for you and made a way for you to be saved again, even though the humans screwed it up in the first place. Oh, okay, I'll follow you. The Bible is not a bunch of things we can't do. It's a protection. It's a guidance for you. And this is marvelous. So shepherds are protectors. And then what do shepherds do? They guide. They guide. And this is that confirmation that God has not left you alone to make a decision. Do you know that sheep, this is a true story. If they saw a cliff, they don't know any difference. They will walk right off the cliff, right off the cliff, not think anything about it. It's just who they are. I don't like to use the word dumb because the Lord uses this example for us to be the sheep, but let's be honest. Some of us without the Lord, we're dumb. We make dumb decisions, all right? You don't have to say man, It's okay. I know you were thinking it. We make dumb decisions away from the Lord, but God says, listen, I'm always with you. I'm here to protect you, and I want to guide you. Can I, can I share with you a, a little story? Just I wasn't, plan- wasn't sure if I was going to say this. Um, there's an old, I don't know what you call it, I guess an old story that they used to tell where a shepherd, if he had a sheep that would continually run away, couldn't, couldn't get it to learn its lesson, would continually run away. What they say is the shepherd would take the sheep and would actually break the sheep's leg. They'd put it back together. They'd put a, a stint around it a stint? Whatever it's called. wrap Splint. Same thing. Splint around it. <laughs> the shepherd would throw the sheep over its, his back, and he would carry the sheep as long as he needed to until the leg was healed. Now, the reason he did that was not to be evil to animals, okay? Don't, I don't need any emails or texts. It's okay. The reason he did that is because he knew that if the sheep spent enough time by his side, he would grow accustomed to his place. And he would trust that that shepherd had his best interest at heart. Now, I'm not saying that God's going to break your leg. But what I am saying is that sometimes in life, some things happen to us that hurt but it's the best thing that could have happened to us because it brings us back to earth and helps us to see God for who he is. The lover, the protector, the leader, the one that never leaves your side. Last little thing. Some of us would say the question, why can't I hear God? Why can't I hear God? Let's assume that I wanna put him in his rightful spot. I wanna make a right decision but I can't hear him. Here's a couple things to think about. One, we don't recognize his voice. How would that happen? We don't spend enough time with him to even recognize how he works, how he operates. First of all, this book is also full of a bunch of stories to help us to see how God's navigated through history. We look at those stories and we're inspired to see, man, if God could do that, he could do this. If God was with them through that, he'll be with me through this. We also get the picture, if you had a best friend and you came in and said, that's my best friend. And we said, when's the last time you talked? I don't know, it's been like three years. You would go, hmm, you may be confused, but you're definitely not best friends because best friends, what? They talk all the time. Sometimes our relationship could be so strong. You could call, they pick up the phone. You don't have to say a word. They already know something's wrong. And God says, I've never left you, but some of you have left me. You've wandered off. You've not spent time with me. And so when I start doing things in your life, you don't even recognize it because you're not recognizing my voice. You're not giving a chance to get to know me. So what do we do? We study his word. Not because we need to fill a mandate to make sure we read 30 minutes every day. Man, forget all that. We read the Bible because we want to know who God is. The God that saved us, redeemed us. We pray. We pray and sometimes we pray and we don't expect that God's gonna just change the situation though we can pray for that and he will at times. Sometimes our prayer is not to make something go in our favor. Sometimes our prayer, God uses it to simply show us what he's doing. A bigger picture. God, I need you to make this girl fall in love with me and God's going, hmm, for your own benefit, I'm not gonna let that happen. Maybe for her own benefit, I don't know, but I'm being nice tonight. But in the grand scheme of life, God says, listen, there's something better down the road, but I need you to be patient. So sometimes our prayer opens our eyes. We can't recognize his voice. That may be number one. Here's another thought. We don't give him a chance to speak. Some of us are moving so much, talking so much, listening to music so much. We're doing all these things, and we never give the Lord a chance to simply talk to us. And we go, well, I sat around and did nothing, really. You were on your phone. You were watching TV. You were watching Netflix. You were watching your phone while watching TV and then watching Netflix on your iPad. And you wonder why God can't speak to you. Now, I'm not trying to be too funny here because the reality is that is our reality in this group, in this room probably right here. There's always something on. There is always a fantasy player to move. There is always a game on. There is always someone to talk to. There's always a show to binge watch. There is always something going on. And we wonder why we don't hear from God because we're too busy to hear him. I remember one time driving home one day. I had a ton of stuff just going on. Some was good, some was bad. Just things were swirling around in my head. And and I love music. I love music in the car particularly. It's very therapeutic for me doesn't, I'll listen to all kinds of different music, but I just, music in the car is kind of my place to just relax and unwind. And there was a day I was driving home and I felt like the Lord was like, just turn the music off. So I turned it off and I had no idea what to do. Right. Have you ever done that? If you ever driven in silence, it's a weird deal. Okay. And I, I had no idea what, but I just, I felt like he had said to do that. I didn't hear him audibly. I just felt like that's what I need to do. I turned it off and it was awkward for the first few minutes. And I'm telling you what, as, as all these thoughts and things I had to do were just Bing, just flying through my mind about five minutes in all of a sudden it was like all those thoughts finally processed and then moved out and there was like this quiet that, that I hadn't experienced in a long time. And 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 I'm telling you, man, the Lord started just just showing me. I just started thinking of things, and the Lord was showing me stuff. Stuff that I was going to teach on. Stuff, someone that I needed to speak to. Something I needed to say to someone. I mean, things that I just, I'd been so, my mind had been so filled with so many things that I hadn't given him a chance to just talk to me. Try it. Go talk to someone that won't shut up. See how it goes. It's very unproductive. But when someone can be quiet and listen Wow, you can actually communicate. And and again, I don't think God would ever tell you to shut up. But I really think there's some of us that we just, we won't either shut our mouth or shut the things around us. And God is going, I am right here. I just want to help. I just want to encourage. I just want to love on you. I have the answers for you. But I need you to stop. And I need you to be quiet. Here's the last one. Our sin is in the way. Our sin is in the way. Listen, you wonder why you can't hear from God? He is not going to unveil his great dream and plan for you while you are staring at that pornography on the screen. It's just not going to happen. Making those bad decisions at work. These these things get in the way. Now listen to me, we're never going to be sinless. Okay, we need to be honest about that. But there's a difference between us pursuing sin and expecting God to move through that and then us pursuing him and saying, Lord, I want to put all this aside because I want to be as close to you as I can be. I want to hear from you clearly. All right, I, I, don't, I don't think there's anyone in the world that has been doing, committing a sinful act and heard from God in that moment in some form of a positive way of how to make a great decision. It just doesn't happen. Ministry leaders, right, are, are our main goal. We're not going to be perfect, okay, or sinless, But our goal is constantly to get sin out of the way so that we can hear clearly from God so that God could speak clearly through us to you. It's a a wonderful responsibility. But the truth is, it's not just ours. It should be all of ours. And I'm telling you, whatever that sin is right now that you know, I don't even say, you already know, that's floating in your mind. You go, oh, that could be something in the way. If you could just get that out of the way, you will be shocked at how much clearly you'll hear from the Lord. Can he speak through it? Yes, he can. He's powerful to do anything he wants. In fact, he could take you right out of that seat this moment if he wanted to. But the truth is, if we want to open that way to be as clear as possible, some of us need to cut some sin out of our life, big time. That may be the very reason why you're not hearing clearly from God. So, here's a thought. Practice. Practice with small decisions. Say, God, I'm giving this to you. It's a minuscule thing, but I want to practice. I want to practice with these little decisions so that I'm ready for the big ones. Test him. Get out there. Lord, I need to make a decision, and I'm going to wait and see if you'll guide me. I'm going to look for peace in making this decision. And get out there and practice. Clear up your mind. Clear up your space. Clear up your sin. And give the Lord a chance. Start by saying, no matter what, I'm going to let the Lord lead me, not anything else. All my decision-making is going to be led through him, not from circumstances, not from emotion, not from anything else, but from him. And then try to practice hearing his voice. Remove the stuff and give him a chance. Pray, seek the Lord. Come to church, listen, listen to podcasts, do all of those things, but seek the Lord and ask him to speak to you and watch. He's waiting to do it. He's waiting to do it. The last thing is to look back and connect the dots. Look back and connect the dots. Sometimes you're going to go through things in life and you're not going to realize that God was teaching you something there that God was showing you something there or that God had something bigger for you and you were trying to make a decision and you didn't know, you didn't feel like that was the decision you were supposed to make. It didn't make sense, but you felt like maybe God might've been leading you another way, but it just didn't make sense. So you didn't trust him. And so you went with that. Maybe you did trust him and you went with that decision that didn't make sense. If we look back and connect the dots, we will learn about God and how he works. Here's an example of this. I told you that story. Where I got that job offer to go to a new church. And I was excited. But the more I prayed, the more I felt like God said no. Still had a broke truck, broke bank account, and a broke job. I don't know if that made sense, but I hated my job. Everything seemed wrong. And yet I felt like God was saying no. I had no other reason to think anything else would happen. I just felt like it wasn't right. And so I kid you not, I stood up on a Sunday morning in front of our Bible study class and I told him, listen, guys. I am taking a huge risk today. I am telling you first, and I'm going to tell you what's going on. And I told him this story, that I am turning down what is a dream job because I don't think God wants me to do it. And I'm telling you right now because there is nothing on the horizon. And so I may look like a buffoon in six months. But either way, I'm taking a risk and I want you to walk with me. And so together, our little class was just praying. I think they were just praying, Lord, please help him I made the right decision. Please help them, make made the right decision. And I'm telling you, listen, this is what it was like. We'll get to getting counsel from others. Even my dad, who I, who I trust, one of, the, one of the men I trust most in my life, he even said, you should take this job. They thought I was crazy. But I felt like God was saying no. So guess what I did? I said no. And the next day, my truck didn't start. Are you kidding me? I mean, it was like confirmation that it was so stupid. But I kid you not, a few months later, I got a call out of the blue from the very church I'd been serving in all along. And they said, hey, we got a spot for you. And in fact, we were so impressed that you turned down that job and trusted the Lord that it helped us to move our timetable up just a little bit more. And you know what happened? got a job do you know what else happened and this isn't funny but I want to tell you that same church that I was going to go join and be a part of the church plant it didn't make it six months and every one of those people lost their job and had to start over all of those had degrees and were established and they were able to find other jobs I would have been the one exception that hadn't finished school Barely had any ministry experience. And that which he did was at a place that didn't make it. It looked really good on paper. But God's way looked way better. But I had to look back and connect the dots. You see how that works? And what I learned in there was a lesson I'll never forget. Where God guides, God provides. And man, sometimes you got to trust that. And it's going to be hard and it's not going to make sense. But I'm telling you, when the Lord is leading our decision making, it may seem dark, but you'll have nothing to worry about because what's waiting on the other side is better.